Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back to the Red Sox Precap Podcast, a podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network, where we recap the series that just ended, preview the series that's about to start. I'm your host, Keaton DeRocher, joined by our fearless leader, Dan Secatore. Dan, welcome to your first ever podcast? First ever. Well. First ever. I am pumped. I'm a little nervous. Um, couldn't have happened after a better series. No, it could not. I don't know what we just watched. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I do know. It's actually kind of exactly what I expected to happen, but... Yeah, moments after the Red Sox dropped, this, the uh, got swept by the Blue Jays. Um, we Bases are... loaded, no outs. Yeah. By the way, yeah. I just looked this up. Do you know... Um, 
Bill James actually keeps that as a stat on his website. Have you ever heard of this? He calls it a Houdini. <laughs> no, it, I didn't know there was an actual name for it. There is. So yeah, so every time every time a team escapes, a base is loaded, no outs jam. Uh, he calls it Houdini. You want to take a guess at how many times it's happened this year? It's actually a little more than I would have thought. I was going to say three? Three? Yeah. It's actually happened 59 times in Major League Baseball. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That was actually, that was 60. Doesn't there are, there are a lot of baseball games. <laughs> That's true. Every, t- every time a stat pops up and I'm like, wow, that happens a lot. I'm reminded that there are, what, like 2,400 games a year? Yeah, I guess that is a relatively small percentage then. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Number six, Houdini number 60 on the year. Recorded by the Toronto Blue Jays against our Boston Red Sox. Great. Thrilled to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's dive on in then. (laughs) Game one, uh, Josh Winkowski versus Ross Stripling. Red Sox take the loss 9-2. Winkowski goes two and two-thirds innings pitched, six runs, six earned on six hits, two walks and two strikeouts. Austin Davis followed, allowing two runs in an inning, uh, two and a third innings. Uh, the two runs that he allowed came in that third of an inning. It took to finish off the uh, three innings he piggybacked on Winkowski. Uh, then Familia, Saramura, Brazier, and Reese McGuire even got in there. Finishing off the game, Saramura allowed a run in his inning of work. Uh, it was a three-hit day for Devers, two for Pawecki, and that was pretty much it from the op- offensive perspective. Winkowski was then sent down after this start, but what were your thoughts on his performance? Uh, I mean, what do we, what do we not know about Josh Winkowski right now? Uh, he's, he's not a major league starter at the moment. I, I still have some hope that he could be, um, you know, he, he's, he's clearly a little bit gassed. I think he's either gassed or the league is starting to figure some things out. Not that, not that he, you know, was ever burning through the league in the first place, um, but, you know, this is a guy who doesn't belong in the big leagues right now. He just doesn't. Not even in a bullpen role? I'm fine. I mean, hey, like like Jake wrote on the site, I'm, I'm fine throwing him in the bullpen. I mean, the thing with, with, with Nikowski, and, you know, look, let's face it, this season's over. So everything that's happening for the next five weeks is, is all about 2023 20, in the future. Um with Winkowski specifically, he, he cannot be in this rotation next year on opening day. Um, we know that. And he's probably, for me, I don't want to see him any higher than eighth on the depth chart next year. Um, I mean, this is a guy whose ceiling is a back-end starter. And that's fine. You need back-end starters. But... Um, you know, when, when you're talking about a, a prospect whose ceiling is a back-end starter who can't miss bats in the major leagues right now, like, I don't think, yeah, put him in the bullpen. Let's see what happens. You know, why not? This isn't, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not too concerned about messing up his development when his ceiling's so low to begin with. He can't be in the rotation next year, so why not? Let's, let's put him in the pen. You know, everyone's worried about his stuff not playing up in the pen. That's probably true. But then again, every starter's stuff improves when they're moved to the bullpen generally. You know, they get a couple extra ticks on their fastball. So, yeah, let's do it. I don't know. Why not? 
is he the next Brian Johnson? Where he's the, the Red Sox six starter for the next eight years. <laughs> is he the next Brian Johnson? Hmm. You know, frankly, I, I mean, I wouldn't hate it if he is. I, I would, uh, speaking of, of the two six starters who pitch in this series, I mean, I, I would obviously prefer that Crawford be in that role. Um Compared to the two of them, but yeah, I mean, if if Winkowski, I mean, that probably is his destiny, right? If if he is going to continue as a starter in the major leagues, it's going to be as 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 a guy that goes back and forth between the bigs and AAA and the rotation and the bullpen. Um, in that role, he's fine. If Josh Winkowski ends up being a depth starter for your team, that's fine. All right, moving on to game two bit more exciting to talk about. Red Sox is, still take the loss. This is kind of all I want to talk about tonight, actually. <laughs> I figured. Red Sox still took the loss, 3-2. But Brian Bale returning from the injury list. Who needs to rehab when you can just jump right back into the major leagues and throw five stellar innings? Uh, six hits, two runs, both earned one walk, seven strikeouts. Uh, Barnes, Whitlock for two, and Schreiber followed not allowing any runs and then brazier came in for the 10th blue jays pushed across the manfred man took the lead and that was it uh we had a two-hit day from verdugo mcguire and cordero one of which was a homer but thoughts on Bayo's performance so i'm going to say something that initially is going to sound bold but then you're going to think about it and you're not going to be able to disagree brian Bayo's outing last night was the most impressive thing done by a Red Sox rookie since Rafael Devers took Araldis Chapman deep in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's uh, super bold. Okay, never mind. I thought you were thinking more bold. <laughs> well, I was I thinking mean, of like Red Sox rookie single game performances. A pretty low bar. Yeah, that <laughs> and and it, I guess if anything, it's sort of it's it's a sign of. Of the player development of the past five years. <laughs> yeah. But that doesn't take any anything away from the performance. Performance was no. spectacular. No, it was amazing. Um, I I mean, I, I could not have been more impressed by him last year. All you needed to see, I, I touched on this a little bit in, in the piece I wrote about him this morning. Like, just some of the faces the Jays hitters made after some of his at-bats. You had it's starting with the first step out of the game, where he strikes George Springer out on three pitches, and then like go back and look at Springer is just looking back out at the mound. He's not mad. It's it's just like a wide eyed look, like huh, I didn't think I was gonna see that today. And then Vlad Guerrero follows it right up. He strikes out on five pitches. He goes back to the dugout. He is nodding his head. At Ludres Burial in the on deck circle, just being like, okay, yep, that was the real deal. Um, and then the best one of the game was Matt Chapman in either, it was either the fourth or the fifth, one of those innings where he had to wriggle out of trouble. Um, he started him off with a changeup that Chapman was completely fooled by, swing, swung right through it, and was pissed at it, and gave Bale one of those, like, uh, baseball tough guy nods you know where he's like oh okay okay kid you got me um bayo comes back throws the exact same pitch 
and now Chapman is like seething, and then he follows it up third pitch. So after two changeups that are diving at his ankles, he throws like a 97 mile an hour fastball out over the up and out over the outside corner of the plate. Chapman doesn't come close to it and is and is just like absolutely pissed walking back to the dugout. Um, I mean this this his stuff was unreal. His stuff was unreal. He was in the zone all night. Uh, he was working quickly, and when you consider like the situation he walked into, I mean, like I, I was, I was just so, I was so psyched about it. I think I was, I was more, I was happier in that first inning than I have been watching the Red Sox in a long time. Yeah, Jack and I talked about when uh, on the last Red Seat episode when the Red Sox were hinting at uh, going to Bayo here for the start with no ramp up uh, just toss him right back into the major leagues we were like we're a little worried about how that could turn out yeah and, and maybe it's a little bit of a <laughs> mishandling your top pitching prospects and we were like yeah. this might not be great for his long-term development just throwing him right back into the fire against a really tough lineup um well it was a groin you know i'm not i'm not like too concerned about a lingering issue there no, but not having um, just kind of going straight from like long toss or just like side sessions back into the major leagues against one of the best lineups in the league um, after having a rough transition in his first few starts. Yeah, uh, it seemed, uh, and one of them, which I believe was against this lineup already, um, it seemed like a recipe for just getting blown up again. Um, but he, real... that's the thing, though. He hasn't really been blown up. I mean, you're right. Like his his numbers are ugly. Well, in his in the beginnings of his start, he's always settled down and looked much better coming out of it. Right, right. But but yeah, I, what what I'm saying is even there, like he he has not been hit hard, even even no. in these games where where he's he's given up four runs in in four and two-thirds innings. He, he has not been hit hard since he's been called up to the big leagues. Last night was just the first time that the that the, that like his numbers actually stabilized and regressed to, to how yeah. he's been thrown. Yeah. Which adds to your point about how impressive it was being able to just jump back into the fire against an incredibly good offense. And as you pointed out, absolutely own them. Just wish you could have got a little bit of help from your offense there. Yeah, that was Which, cool. speaking of, this was a pretty janky lineup he had behind him there. Um, some of it was due to injuries and people being banged up, getting days off. But uh, Red Sox threw Dahlbeck out there at short. Uh, Cordero, Ruff Snyder, and Duran all got starts here. Um, obviously not the best lineup that could have been out there um, behind him defensively or uh, with the bats there to support him um but along those lines with the full organization of names at your disposal wink wink does not uh what is your ideal lineup for the red sox right now yeah well i mean i guess i mean I, I, one day after I'm, I'm not quite as pissed about the lineup as i was yesterday afternoon um just, just because you know, seeing seeing Xander and Arroyo and Fam all back in the lineup today, 
you know, whereas obviously the case where they knew, I mean, look, I, I still wanted them to do something with the 40 man. I don't know why they've been so weird with the 40 man this year. Um, we don't need Jerry's Familia on the roster. He was awful tonight. He, he's not bringing anything to the team. Like they easily could, I mean, they could have made room for, for Valdez from Worcester. Um, but having said that, like I said, all three of those guys were just out for one game. If you want to get a little crazy and let Dalbeck play short, sure, fine. As, as we've discussed, the season's over. Um, but yeah, going forward, why is Connor Wong not on this team right now? Can you explain that to me? Reese McGuire is the, like on fire yeah. right now. But I, mean, I don't know what you get from Pulecki. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so like I want to see Wong. I want to see Cassis, of course. Um, Story's coming back in a couple of days. I don't want to push him too much. Uh, you know he's signed to a to a big deal, so let's let's take the time with story. I love Christian Arroyo. Let's give him a little bit more run. I don't know. I mean, who am I missing? Other than I mean, that's the obvious ones, right? Like Cassis and Wong have to be in the lineup right now, or at least be. I mean, they at least have to be in Boston right now. Yeah. What's your outfield alignment? Um. I just, I mean, we're looking at Verdugo, Kike, and Fam. That's that's fine yeah. with me. That's fine with me. And you know what? We can take. Uh, I will say that that Tommy Fam injury the other night. Um, this might be a little bit of a reach, but another data point in favor of the Tommy Fam should have been here three months ago argument, because if he had time to practice with playing balls off the monster, he might not have crashed into it and banged up his hip. True. True, true. All right, then let's get to the mess that happened tonight. Game three, Carter Crawford versus Kevin Gaussman. Red Sox took the loss, 6-5. to five. In extra innings yet again, uh, Carter Crawford, four and two-thirds inning pitch, 10 hits, four runs, all earned, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Strom then allowed a run. Fumina, Samura, Barnes followed. Schreiber then came in for the 10th, and the Manfred man struck again. Everyone in the starting lineup had at least one hit. We had two for Devers and Arroyo and J.D. Martinez. Three for Bogarts and McGuire. Uh, bottom of the order did a lot of the heavy lifting here, which was really nice to see. They had four of the five runs batted in for the Red Sox. However, all of the, those hits and the bottom of the order contributing, the Red Sox still stranded 28 men on base. That's un- unfathomable. Yeah, including, as you pointed out, uh, Bases loaded, nobody out in the ninth. Just needing one run. Couldn't get it done. Uh, before we get to Better all on that third business. third with in the eighth. Yeah. Yep, that too. Not great. Not great. No. What are your thoughts on Crawford? Uh, I think it's he's pretty clearly clearly tiring um, a little bit. I mean, he's still, he still had, what, like six Ks tonight? Five. Um, but so it's... It, I want them to be careful. I think he's, he's again, a guy that I don't want in the starting rotation on opening day next year. 
but a guy who I think has has proved his value to a major league team for sure as a depth starter. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, they they know they know his arm right now. As long as he's not, as long as he's not in danger of tiring too much, let's let's keep seeing what we can get from him. He's struggling right now. That's okay. Like, you know, we don't need to, to to win right now, but he is going to need to learn how to bounce back and make adjustments after the league adjusts to him. So, um, Crawford. Um, I'm I'm happy with where what he's doing right now. Where he's at. Why did the Red Sox suck so much in extra innings? <laughs> I mean, the bullpen is awful. Isn't that what, isn't that what the answer always is? Yeah, probably. That's probably the right answer. The bullpen is awful. There is there is one elite pitcher in the bullpen. He couldn't pitch today because he pitched two innings last night. Um, Driver's gas. Strom just came back, and then other than that, there is no one they can rely on. So just circling back to where we started, let's give Winkowski a shot out there. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably the, the right answer there and the easiest answer. What Do you know what, what the extra inning record is this year? Actually, It's not very good. They only have two extra inning wins. The losses are in the double digits. I don't know exactly what it is, but it is in the, it's like two and eleven or something like that. It's something absurdly bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's not great, and I think it's eight or nine of the eleven losses or walkoffs. It's really bad. Yeah, they are in one run games or extra inning games. They are twenty and twenty one, which actually isn't. Too bad, considering the state of the bullpen. Yeah. Well, who's your MVP of the series? Um, I, I mean, statistically, it's probably Reese McGuire, but I, I only care about Brian Bayo from this series. I, I can't go with anyone other than him. He's, yeah, yeah, he's kind of the only player I care about for the rest of the season. That was the exact. <laughs> Thought process that I had too. I was like, Guire just did have a bunch of hits, and he's he really did probably deserved it, but he really did. I'm way more question. excited about Bayo. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Is Reese McGuire the number one catching option for this team next year? No. Who is somebody who is not currently in the organization? I hope that's the case. Although I have to admit, other than Vasquez, I have no idea what the catcher free agency situation looks like uh wilson Contreras, oh gary sanchez um there is a couple of their interesting ones catcher is actually kind of interesting there's some interesting names but wilson Contreras is the headliner yeah do you see high and bloom going for wilson Contreras? i don't i don't either but you never know you can be surprised anyway let's take a quick break come back and preview the series against the race All right, up to the minute. Standings. Yeah, at least. Yankees currently leading. 76 and 48. Seven games ahead of the Rays. 69 and 55. Nice. Uh, Blue Jays, eight games back. 67 and 55. Orioles, 11 games back. 65 and 59. Red Sox, 16 games back. 60 and 64. Uh, the Rays are really freaking good right now. On the Rays a are. Six game win streak coming into this. Um, 10 Red of 12, Sox. too. 
Ew, boy. Great. Red Sox are bad right now. Um, they've lost three in a row. <laughs> so this looks like a recipe for success. Uh, pitching matchups for this series. We got Waka versus JT Chargois. Uh, Rich Hill versus Springs. Pavetta versus Kluber. What do we think of those pitching matchups? Uh, they're not great. Um, it's it's uh, Chargois, not Yarborough. Why did I think it was Yarborough? I don't know. Ray's um, official team site lists Chargois. Okay. Maybe as opener-ish? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, either way, that's our best chance here. Um, this is this is Springs is pitching really well. Kluber is obviously not Kluber anymore, but he still he still really hasn't been hit too hard in any game this year. This is not going to go well. I hate the Rays. I really, really do. Um, in fact, let me. I'm gonna to show how much I, I hate the Rays. I'm gonna hijack the pod here for a second, Keaton. Sure. We're gonna play a game. Okay. You're going to play a game, actually. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. I am going to briefly summarize a mystery ball player's career for you. Very briefly. Dan Johnson. At the end, I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to ask you, one, do you know who this player is? And two, is this player good at baseball? John Halama. (laughs) You, you, you might not be as far off as you think. All right, you ready for this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so this player was signed initially in 2011 out of Columbia by the Pittsburgh Pirates. He spent five years in the Pirates organization, did not advance past double A. In 2016, he was traded along with Francisco Liriano and Reese McGuire of all people, to the Toronto Blue Jays for Drew Hutchinson, which is kind of a weird little trade. I have not thought of Drew Hutchinson in a while. So he spends two years with the Blue Jays. Again, does not advance past double A. So at this point, he's seven years after being signed, has not made the 40-man roster, so he becomes a free agent. Signs with the Marlins. We're in 2019 now. He actually gets a chance to play with the Marlins in 2019 for almost the whole season. Plays all three outfield positions for them. Um, Shows a decent hit tool. Ends up slashing 276, but cannot walk at all. So he hits 276, 312, 416, OPS plus of 91. 2020 is a completely lost year. He gets COVID and hurts a hammy and spends almost the entire year in the alternate site. And only gets 10 at-bats. So the Marlins release him at the end of the year. The Indians pick him up. This is last year now. He's a part-time player for the Indians. It's 268, 305, 398 for an OPS plus of 92. Um, The Indians release him at the end of the year. Chicago Cubs pick him up in November. Does not play a single game for the Chicago Cubs because they trade him to the Rays this spring training. They trade him to the Rays for Esteban Quiroz, a 30-year-old career minor leaguer 
guy who has never played a single inning in the major league, although he did actually have a brief, decent stint with the Sea Dogs. Um, I was going to say, I, I 100% know that name. You remember that? He, he actually <laughs> a pretty good year. Um, you being a Mainer, I'm not surprised. But nevertheless, 30 years old, not only has he never played in the major leagues, he spent the vast majority of his career in the Mexican League. All right, so that's who this player was traded for, and now he is on the race. So, Keaton DeRocher, two questions. Who is this player, and is he good at baseball? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't know if I didn't have their lineup right. yeah, you're pulled uh, in front of me. What do you mean I'm going to cheat? It's in front of my face. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's been pulled up in front of my face. <laughs> Um, I mean, I I would not have known otherwise. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have known the answer to yeah. that. So uh, it is. So I'm I'm not cheating by saying I don't know. <laughs> it is Harold Ramirez. Yeah. And the answer to is he good at baseball is he is by far the Rays' best hitter this year with a 142 OPS plus. He's yeah. hitting 331 with a 375 OBP. He has 91 hits in 86 games. Who the hell is Harold Ramirez? And how do the Rays do this? Classic Rays. On his, like, fifth organization. He's been released three 30. times. He's been released three times. And this yeah. is what scares me about I Am Bloom is that I fear that what really drives Hyam Bloom is not just winning, but he wants to win with, with Harold Ramirez. And that's, yeah. that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, I was getting into the rest of the roster that they're rolling out there. Uh, Yandy Diaz leading off. Brandon, uh, I never remember if it's Low or Lau, whichever it is. This one's Lau, right? Perfect. I, I don't know. I just told you I didn't know. <laughs> there should no only idea. be one pronunciation of this. This should, like, Rob Manfred needs to get on this. No, All Lows are pronounced the same way. Nate Low, so it's Brandon Lau. Brandon Lau, yeah, there you there go. There we go. All right, so Harold, and then Harold Ramirez. Third, yep. Randy Rosarena, fourth, uh, David Peralta, fifth, Manuel Margot, sixth, Francisco Mejia, seventh, G-Man Choi, eighth, Taylor Walls, ninth. Yeah, not a good team. But they are, but they are really some good kind team. of streak. Yeah. Racking up wings, wins without Wander Franco. Yep. Not great. Silver lining, though, uh, the Red Sox do avoid Shane McClanahan. So. And Wander Franco. And Wander Franco, yeah, who does own the Red Sox. Yeah. So, great. Uh, what's your series prediction and prediction for MVP? Um, you know what? I'm going to go – I'm going to be optimistic here. I, I think the Sox are going to take two out of three. Xander Endeavors are hitting again. Uh, they've got Pavetta. Pavetta's been pretty strong these last two outings. We got Waka. Um, so I'm going to say the Sox take two out of three. Uh, and the MVP is um, 
Harold Ramirez. <laughs> All over the place. Who else could it be? <laughs> who else could it be besides Harold Ramirez? Yeah, um, I feel like the Red Sox will get one. That's, That's probably it. more accurate. Yeah. And I, my go-to for MVP is always Devers. Yeah. That's a good thing. I mean, he's heating up for sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, we have a bunch of great pods that we drop on this network, so hopefully you are staying in tune, and hopefully we are going to uh, revamp our podcast, have a fresh new lineup for you for next season, so uh, stick with us. But we will keep doing the red seats and the precaps all throughout this season and the off season and bringing you all that awesome podcast news with the Red Sox. Uh, so stick with us there. Uh, you can find both of us at Over the Monster, where we write some stuff. Um, do you have a bunch of stuff you want to plug? Um, I, I I would like just the whole site. The whole site is really good right now. Um, Phil is working on a piece for tomorrow that's coming up. Um, I won't spoil it, but it'll be a little bit more analytical. Jake's got a great piece about what to do the rest of the season right now to start fixing next year's roster. Um, Brian has a piece that takes a dig at High and Bloom without mentioning his name, which is which is something that he hasn't done before. I'm excited about that. Uh, <laughs> so, so the whole site, the whole site's looking good right now. Everyone should check it out. Great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Spoken Keats. You can find Dan on Twitter at. Dan Secretory. Perfect. Thanks for listening. We'll be with you on Monday to recap the race series and preview Minnesota.